Hello and welcome to episode 746 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Sunday, December 17, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with St. Alphonsus Liguri's Sunday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain the forgiveness of our sins. Behold, O Mother of God, at thy feet a miserable sinner, a slave of hell, who has recourse to thee and trusts in thee. I do not deserve that thou shouldest even look at me, but I know that thou, having seen thy Son die for the salvation of sinners, hast the greatest desire to help them. I hear all call thee the refuge of sinners, the hope of those who are in despair, and the help of the abandoned. Thou art then my refuge, my hope, and my help. Thou hast to save me by thy intercession. Help me for the love of Jesus Christ. Extend thy hand, dear miserable creature who has fallen and recommends himself to thee. I know that thy pleasure is to help a sinner to thy utmost. Help me, therefore, now that thou canst do so. By my sins I have lost divine grace and with it my soul. I now place myself in thy hands. Tell me what I must do to recover the favor of my Lord, and I will, do to, I will immediately do it. He sends me to thee that thou mayest help me, and he wills that I should have recourse to thy mercy. Not that only the merits of thy Son, but also that thy intercession may help me to save my soul. To thee, then, I have recourse. Do thou, who prayest for so many others, pray also to Jesus for me. Ask him to pardon me, and he will forgive me. Tell him that thou desirest my salvation, and he will save me. Show how thou canst enrich those who trust in thee. Amen. Thus I hope, thus may it be. A blessed Gaudete Sunday to you, friends. We are going to check out fisheaters.com, and the article over there for today begins as follows. The third Sunday of the penitential season of Advent, like Laetari Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Lent, is a day of rejoicing, a sort of break from the somberness of the season. Like Laetari Sunday, its color is rose, and the rose candle, if used, on our Advent wreaths is lit today. Gaudete Sunday takes its name from the introit antiphon, Gaudete and Domino, rejoice in the Lord, and signals that the season of Advent is almost at an end. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your modesty be known to all men, for the Lord is nigh. Be nothing solicitous, but in everything by prayer, let your requests be made known to God. Lord, thou hast blessed thy land. Thou hast turned away the captivity of Jacob. Glory be to the Father. The Gospel readings focus on the great St. John the Baptist, who tells all of the coming of our Lord. In today's Gospel reading, John 1, 19-28, the Jews confront John, demanding to know who he is. They poke and prod at him, but he responds with the utmost humility, pointing always toward Christ. At that time, the Jews sent from Jerusalem priests and Levites to John to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and did not deny, and he confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, No. They said therefore unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they that were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said to him, Why then dost thou baptize, 
if thou be not Christ, nor Elias, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there hath stood one in the midst of you, whom you know not. The same is he that shall come after me, who is preferred before me, the latchet of whose shoe I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethania beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. John tells them of the one who will come after him in time, but it is always before him. And it's that humility before God that's important to focus on, always, but especially today. Soon at Christmas, the Lord will come to us as a tiny, fragile baby. He will return to us at the end of time as the King of Kings. Both of these comings should fill us with humility and awe. The creator of the sun and moon and stars lying helpless in a manger. That same child returning to judge the quick and the dead and to make all things new. Rejoice. Customs. There is a newer practice begun in 1969 by Pope Paul VI of the Pope blessing Christ child figurines from nativity sets that the children of Rome bring to St. Peter's Square. Each child holds, holds up his Christ child figurine, his Bembanello, and the Pope blesses them all in Mass. This blessing of the Christ child known as La Benedizione dei Bembanelli takes place today on Gaudete Sunday during the Angelus. So beloved has this practice become that to many, Gaudete Sunday is also known as Bambinelli Sunday. Many local churches also practice this, with priests blessing the Bambinelli brought by the children of their parishes. So prepare to possibly have your child bring baby Jesus from your nativity set to Mass today. A good hymn for the day is On Jordan's Bank, The Baptist Cry. And the lyrics are, On Jordan's Bank, The Baptist Cry announces that the Lord is nigh. Awake and hearken, for he brings glad tidings of the King of Kings. Then cleansed be every life from sin, make straight the way for God within. And let us all our hearts prepare for Christ to come and enter there. We hail you as our Savior, Lord, our refuge and our great reward. Without your grace we waste away, like flowers that wither and decay. Stretch forth your hand, our health restore, and make us rise to fall no more. O oh, let your face shine upon us, O oh, let your face upon us shine, and fill the world with love divine. All praise to you, eternal Son, whose advent has our freedom won, whom with the Father we adore and Holy Spirit evermore. And the reading, a reading, homily 15 on the Gospel of John, an excerpt of it by St. John Chrysostom. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? One. A dreadful thing is envy, beloved. A dreadful thing and a pernicious to the enviers, not to the envied. For it harms and wastes them first, like some mortal venom deeply seated in their souls. And if by chance it injure its objects, the harm it does is small and trifling, and such as brings greater gain than loss. Indeed, not in the case of envy only, but in every other. It is not he that has suffered, but he that has done the wrong who receives injury. For had not this been so, Paul would not have enjoined the disciples rather to endure wrong than to inflict it when he says, Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? 1 Corinthians 6, 7. Well, he knew that destruction ever follows, 
not the injured party, but the injuring. All this I have said by reason of the envy of the Jews, because of those who had flocked from the cities to John and had condemned their own sins and caused themselves to be baptized, repenting, as it were, after baptism, sent to ask him, Who are you? Of a truth, they were the offspring of vipers, serpents, and even worse, if possible, than this. O evil and adulterous and perverse generation, after having been baptized, do you then become vainly curious and question about the Baptists? What folly can be greater than this of yours? How was it that you came forth, that you confessed your sins, then you ran to the Baptists? How was it that you asked him what you must do? when in all this you were acting unreasonably, since you knew not the principle and purpose of his coming. Yet of this the blessed John said nothing, nor does he charge or reproach them with it, but answers them with all gentleness. It is worthwhile to learn why he did thus. It was that their wickedness might be manifest and plain to all men. Often did John testify of Christ to the Jews, And when he baptized them, he continually made mention of him to his company and said, I indeed baptize you with water, but there comes one after me who is mightier than I. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Matthew 3.11 With regard to him, they were affected by a human feeling for tremblingly attentive to the opinion of the world and looking to the outward appearance. 2 Corinthians 10.7 They deemed it an unworthy thing that he should be subject to Christ, since there were many things that pointed out John for an illustrious person. In the first place, his distinguished and noble descent, for he was the son of a chief priest. Then his conversation, his austere mode of life, his contempt of all human things, for despising dress and table and house and food itself, he had passed his former time in the desert. In the case of Christ, all was the contrary of this. His family was mean, as they often objected to him, saying, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brethren James and Joseph? Matthew 13.55 And that which was supposed to be his country was held in such evil repute that even Nathanael said, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? John 1.46 His mode of living was ordinary, and his garments not better than those of the many. For he was not girt with a leathern girdle, nor was his raiment of hair, nor did he eat honey and locusts. But he fared like all others, and was present at the feasts of wicked men and publicans, that he might draw them to him. Which thing the Jews, not understanding, reproached him with, as he also says himself, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous man! and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners, Matthew eleven nineteen. When then John continually sent them for, from himself to Jesus, who seemed to them a meaner person, being ashamed and vexed at this, and wishing rather to have him for their teacher, they did not dare to say so plainly, but sent to him, thinking by their flattery to induce him to confess that he was the Christ. They do not therefore send to him mean men, as in the case of Christ. For when they wish to lay hold on him, they send servants, and then Herodians, and the like. But in this instance, priests and Levites, and not merely priests, but those from Jerusalem, that is, the more honorable. For the evangelists did not notice this without a cause, 
and they send to ask, who are you? Yet the manner of his birth was well known to all. So that all said, what manner of child shall this be? Luke 1, And the report had gone forth into all the hill country. And afterwards, when he came to Jordan, all the cities were set on the wing and came to him from Jerusalem and from all Judea to be baptized. Why then do they now ask? Not because they did not know him. How could that be when he had been made manifest in so many ways? But because they wished to bring him to do that which I have mentioned. Two, hear then how this blessed person answered to the intention with which they asked the question, not to the question itself. When they said, who are you? He did not at once give them what would have been the direct answer. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. But what did he? He removed the suspicion they had formed. For, says the evangelist being asked, who are you? He confessed and denied not but confessed, I am not the Christ. Observe the wisdom of the evangelist. He mentions this for the third time to set forth the excellency of the Baptist and their wickedness and folly. And Luke also says that when the multitude supposed him to be the Christ, he again removes their suspicion. This is the part of an honest servant not only not to take to himself his master's honor, but also to reject it when given to him by the many. But the multitudes arrived at this supposition from simplicity and ignorance. These questioned him from an ill intention, which I have mentioned, expecting, as I said, to draw him over to their purpose by their flattery. Had they not expected this, they would not have proceeded immediately to another question but would have been angry with him for having given them an answer foreign to their inquiry and would have said, why did we suppose that? Did we come to ask you that? But now as taken and detected in the fact, they proceed to another question and say, what then? Are you Elias? And he says, I am not. For they expected that Elias also would come as Christ declares for when his disciples inquired, how then do the scribes say that Elias must first come? Matthew 17, 10, he replied, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things. Then they asked, are you that prophet? And he answered, no, Matthew 17, 10. Yet surely he was a prophet. Wherefore then does he deny it? Because again, he looks to the intention of his questioners. For they expect that some special prophet should come because Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up unto you a prophet of your brethren like me. Unto him shall you hearken. Deuteronomy 18.15 Now this was Christ. Wherefore they do not say, Are you a prophet? Meaning thereby one of the ordinary prophets, but the expression, Are you the prophet? With the addition of the article means, Are you that prophet who was foretold by Moses? And therefore he denied not that he was a prophet, but that he was that prophet with a capital P. Then said they unto him, who are you? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What do you say of yourself? Observe them pressing him more vehemently, urging him, repeating their questions and not desisting while he first kindly removes false opinions concerning himself and then sets before them one which is true. For, says he, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, 
as said the prophet Isaiah. When he had spoken some high and lofty words concerning Christ, as if replying to their opinion, he immediately betook himself to the prophet to draw from thence confirmation of his assertion. And says the evangelist, they who were sent were of the Pharisees and they asked him and said to him, why do you baptize then if you be not that Christ, neither Elias nor that prophet? Do you not see without reason I said that they wished to bring him to this? And the reason why they did not at first say so was lest they should be detected by all men. And then when he said, I am not the Christ, they being desirous to conceal what they were plotting within, go on to Elias and that prophet. But when he said that he was not one of these either after that, in their perplexity, they cast aside the mask and without any disguise showed clearly their treacherous intention saying, why do you baptize then if you be not that Christ? And then again, wishing to throw some obscurity over the thing, seest thou how disguising what they had, they add. They add the other also, Elias and that prophet. For when they were not able to trip him by their flattery, they thought by an accusation they could compel him to say the thing that was not. What folly, what insolence, what ill-timed officiousness. You were sent to learn who and whence he might be, not to lay down laws for him also. This too was the conduct of men who would compel him to confess, confess himself to be the Christ. Still not even now is he angry, nor does he, as might have been expected, say to them anything of this sort. Do you give orders and make laws for me? But again, shows great gentleness with them, towards them. I baptize with water, but there stands one among you, whom you know not. He it is, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. 3. What could the Jews have left to say to this? For even from this, the accusation against them cannot be evaded. The decision against them admits not of pardon. They have given sentence against themselves. How? In what way? They deem John worthy of credit and so truthful that they might believe him not only when he testified of others, but also when he spoke concerning himself. For had they not been so disposed, they would not have sent to learn from him what related to himself because you know that the only persons whom we believe, especially when speaking of themselves, are those whom we suppose to be more voracious than any others. And it is not this alone which closes their mouths, but also the disposition with which they had approached him, for they came forth to him at first with great eagerness, even though afterwards they altered. Both which things Christ declared when he said, he was a burning and a shining light, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. Moreover, his answer made him yet more worthy of credit. For Christ says, he that seeks not his own glory, the same is true and no unrighteousness is in him. Now this man sought it not, but refers the Jews to another. And those who were sent were of the most trustworthy among them and of the highest rank so that they could have in no way any refuge or excuse for the unbelief which they exhibited towards Christ. Wherefore, did you not receive the things spoken concerning him by John? You sent men who held the first rank among you. You inquired by them. You heard what the Baptists answered. They manifested all possible officiousness, sought into every point, named all the persons you suspected him to be, 
And yet, most publicly and plainly, he confessed that he was neither Christ, nor Elias, nor that prophet. Nor did he stop even there, but also informed them who he was and spoke of the nature of his own baptism. But it was but a slight and mean thing, nothing more than some water, and told of the superiority of the baptism given by Christ. He also cited Isaiah the prophet, testifying of old very long ago and calling Christ Lord Isaiah, uh, and calling Christ Lord in Isaiah 40, verse 3, but giving him the names of minister and servant. What after this ought they to have done? Ought they not to have believed on him, who was witnessed of, to have worshipped him, to have confessed him to be God? For the character and heavenly wisdom of the witness showed that his testimony proceeded not from flattery, but from truth, which is plain also from this, that no man prefers his neighbor to himself, nor, when he may lawfully give honor to himself, will yield it up to another, especially when it is so great as that of which we speak so that John would not have renounced this testimony as belonging to Christ, had he not been God. For though he might have rejected it for himself as being too great for his own nature, yet he would not have assigned it to another nature that was beneath it. But there stands one among you, whom you know not. Reasonable it was that Christ should mingle among the people as one of the many, because everywhere he taught men not to be puffed up and boastful. And in this place, by knowledge, the Baptist means a perfect acquaintance with him, who and whence he was. And immediately next to this, he puts, who comes after me? All but saying, think not that all is contained in my baptism. For had that been perfect, another would not have arisen after me to offer you a different one. But this of mine is a preparation and a clearing the way for that other. Mine is but a shadow and image, but one must come who shall add to this the reality so that his very coming after me especially declares his dignity. For had the first been more perfect, no place would have been required for a second. Is before me is more honorable, brighter. And then, lest they should imagine that his superiority was found by comparison, desiring to establish his incomparableness, he says, whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. That is, who is not simply before me, but before me in such a way that I am not worthy to be numbered among the meanest of his servants. For to loose the shoe is the office of the humblest service. Now, if John was not worthy to loose the latchet, Matthew eleven eleven, John, then whom among them are born of women there has not risen a greater, where shall we rank ourselves? If he who is equal to, or rather greater than, all the world, for, says Paul, the world was not worthy of them, Hebrews 11.38, declares himself not worthy to be reckoned even among the meanest of those who should minister unto him. What shall we say, who are full of 10,000 sins and are as far from the excellence of John as earth from heaven? 4. He then says that he himself is not worthy so much as to unloose the latchet of his shoe, while the enemies of the truth are mad with such a madness as to assert that they are worthy to know him, even as he knows himself. What is worse than such insanity? What more frenzied than such arrogance? Well, has a wise man said, the beginning of pride is not to know the Lord. We will conclude, friends, by mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. 
Also, please tune in to episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, the topic of those programs. RPM, which is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Before my niece was about eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now, thanks to her hard work, that of her family, and most especially God's grace working through RPM, we know that she's a comprehensive genius who can compose music. She's a poet. She's a mathematician. She knows foreign languages. She has all sorts of unique talents and abilities. This is as big a breakthrough in terms of communication as sign language was for the deaf or in terms of being able to read Braille was for the blind. It's absolutely massive, but you can't use a tool unless you know about it. That's where you come in. Please spread that website and those episodes of Our Lady's podcast far and wide because communication is a human right. Thank you so much for listening to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please say an Ave Maria for me. Goodbye and God love you.